Let's pray. Father, Heavenly Father, I pray that tonight that your name would just be kept holy. Lord, that we would recognize how holy you are. And Lord, in our hearts, I pray that you would forgive us as we forgive those who have sinned against us, Lord. And I pray that right now you just provide the things that we need, Lord, to learn about you and to be fed by your word. And Father, I pray that we wouldn't give ourselves to the temptation in our hearts, but Lord, that we would just give ourselves to you and that we would not be delivered over to the evil one. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be fixed on you tonight, Lord, and that you would give me the words. And Father, I'm not up here for myself. Lord, it's all about your glory. And it's all about us coming together as a family to to learn more about you. And Father, uh, we're just thankful that we're able to meet together. God, we... This is where we find our joy. We find our joy in worshiping you. We find our joy in meeting together. So, Lord, I pray that you would be with us tonight as we just lift your name high above every other name. It's in your name we pray. Amen. In the beginning of the Bible, God starts out by telling us that he created the heavens and the earth. Now, if you think about it, we are on a giant ball that's spinning at over a thousand miles per hour. And this ball is so big that it takes 24 hours for it to spin completely around. And what's crazy is this ball that we're on is two-thirds water. And even on the bottom of it, the water is still held in. It doesn't fall. And on this ball that we're on, we are 93 million miles away from a giant ball of fire that never burns up. It's so far away that for light to hit the earth, going 186 miles per second, it takes eight minutes for light to get here. And if we were any Closer to the sun, our planet would be so hot that we couldn't survive. Even if it was 200 degrees outside, there's no way that life could be sustained. If we were any further away from the sun, it would be too cold for us to bear. Now, we live in a time that tries to say that that's an accident. People tell us all the time that that was just a a circumstance that happened. We just happened to be here in the spot we were at on this big ball that we're on called Earth. But God tells us different. So I want you to think to yourself tonight, are you an accident? Or does your life have purpose? Tonight we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, if you want to go ahead and turn there. 
You see, when they, these people tell us they were just here by accident, it starts sending thoughts through our mind. And we begin to think about life, especially as, as teenagers. And we start to think, what is our purpose? Why are we here? What am I supposed to be doing? And, and we start to think that, okay, if this is an accident, or even if you're not thinking about this being an accident at all, if you know that God created this thing, we start to make up our own purpose. We start to think that we create our own purpose. You see, even the people that tell us these things that, oh, this was just a result of a cosmic explosion called the Big Bang, or it all came from a single-celled organism, even those people will tell you everything happens for a reason. Those same people say that fate exists, that you can't, you can't live this life. Your life is already planned out. Fate has a purpose for you. These same people that say it's an accident also say that there's a purpose. It can't be both. So we're going to read tonight about our purpose. See, I like what Kenny said last week. He said that if someone told you to build a uh, skyscraper, automatically we would start thinking about how we're going to build it. We're like, I don't know how to build a skyscraper, but... The thing we start thinking about is what? The light bulbs. What kind of light bulbs are we going to put in there? Such little things. And I started thinking about we're, we're so worried about our purpose. We're so worried about this life. And we're so worried about finding it. We're so worried. It's constant worry. We're constantly stressing out. We're constantly adding more things to our schedule. We're constantly doing more things to try to fill the time or to try to satisfy something, to try to satisfy a need. Or just constantly staying busy because we don't know how to not be busy. And it's getting worse and worse as we get more things that are added to our plate and, and multitasking becomes something of a norm, even though none of us can do it. Because we start doing more things worse than doing one thing good. And so we, start, we just start thinking about these things, and we just get overwhelmed with this information. We, we get overwhelmed with life. We get overwhelmed with just stress. Like, what am I, how old am I supposed to be when I get married? Or like, what am I supposed to do with college? I'm supposed to go to college right after I get out of high school. I don't need to know my major. I need to do this. I need to know where I'm going to live. I need to know who I'm going to marry. I need to know who I'm supposed to date now and marry later. I need to know all these things. I need to know how much money I'm going to make because if, uh, if I choose this career and I don't make enough money, I need to choose another career because it makes exactly how much money I need to make. And we start comparing ourselves to other people, right? We compare ourselves to other people uh, with our looks. We want to look like this person. We want to dress like this person. We want to drive this car like this person. And we start comparing ourselves to people that we want to be like and it stresses us out. We get overwhelmed because we're not exactly who we want to be. We're not exactly filled up. There's a hole in our heart that we're trying to fill. And this life becomes a never-ending battle. And it becomes never-ending stress because we can never reach this expectation that we put for ourselves in our mind. And at the very end of it, in the very middle of it sometimes, it, where it's heated, we start to wonder, what is my purpose? Because I can't find it. 
We start to wonder, okay, I'm stressing about all, all these things. I'm overwhelmed, and I, I'm doing all this, and, and I thought this was going to work. I thought that going to school was going to make me feel this void in my heart, but I can't find my purpose because everywhere I look, it seems to have a purpose on the outside, but the more I dig in, the less I realize that there's a purpose. I can't find it in this thing that I'm looking in. So tonight we're going to talk about our purpose, and we're going to talk about worrying about our purpose. So in Matthew chapter 6, it starts out in verse 19. It says, Don't store up treasures here on earth, where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So tonight, along with the question of, is your life an accident or does it actually have a purpose? I want you to ask yourself this question. Where is your heart? And we can think a little bit deeper about this because ultimately, each and every one of us knows where our heart is. Think back today, earlier this morning, in the middle of the day, right before you came here, what was on your mind? Where was your heart struggling to go? Where do you want your heart to be? What is the biggest desire in your heart? What stays on your mind constantly? What can you not get off of your mind? Is it a girl? Is it a boy? Is it your job? Maybe your bills? Anything. God says that where your desires of your heart is, that is where your treasure is. That is where your treasure is. The biggest desire in your heart is where your treasure is. That's something crazy to think about. Because if your heart is desiring things on this earth, that means your treasure is somewhere, somewhere here on this earth. I'm sure some of you watched the election last night. Well, as I'm, I'm in the living room and I'm building something, just putting something together, not really building it, and Kylie and Miss A-Shift, Kylie's mom, I know it's a weird name. I'm sorry, it just came out. I should have said Amy. That's what I call her. I call her Miss A-Shift. So if y'all want to call her Mamma A-Shift, kids, y'all can. She hates it. Just do it. She's going to kill me later. But... They're watching that since we don't have a cable or anything, we're just, you know, whatever, married life, you should want, you, you know, you should do it. Anyways, we're watching on an iPhone 6 Plus, here's the election, and Hillary's going down. Like, it's like Trump is just going way ahead, and Hillary's, she's just, mm -mm, it's downhill from there. And this lady on the screen starts crying, and Miss Ashif made a good point, and I was just sitting there listening. She said, this lady is seriously crying. 
Like she's crying right now. You see, that, that's a problem because she's crying because her faith is in a person. She's crying and she's upset because her faith is, is, is in a thing it, on this earth. It's in the election. She was banking on Hillary to win. And she was banking her whole life. She just spent the last year or more campaigning with this woman, doing things, putting countless hours in, losing sleep, doing all this stuff. And she's losing. And it's too much for her to bear, so she's overwhelmed with emotion. She starts crying. She starts to realize, this isn't going to happen. I just wasted a whole year of my life to see it go down. See, but that's a problem. She put her faith in something on this earth. And when we put our faith in something on this earth, we realize very quickly that it's unstable. Anytime you put your faith in something on this earth, it's going to fail. It's going to slip away. Moths and rust will destroy it. It's temporary. Anything here on this earth is temporary, and it will be gone. It's unstable. You can't put your full trust in it because it will go away. And then he goes on to talk about your eyes. He said, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. So, like, oh, great, God, that makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, you just start talking about treasure and then just bust up with some light. Like, Jesus, what are you talking about right here? I think it's kind of funny that he knows something about our eyes. You see, if you really think about it, if, if I'm going to lose anything on my body, whether it's a limb or it's hearing or talking or taste or some kind of sense organ or whatever it is, the last thing I want to lose is my eyes. I would much rather see than I would hear. I would much rather see than I would keep my right arm. Losing your sight would probably be the worst thing. I, I cannot imagine what it would be like to be blind. I have mad respect for people who are blind. Especially if they're a believer and they're just filled with joy. And I start to look at my life and I think, I think to myself, well, at least I can see. And this person is just full out worshiping God and he's living every single moment for God and he's joyful in it and he can't see. I just can't imagine. And what's crazy about our eyes, you think about our eyes and you think about treasure, storing up treasure in heaven. And where your treasure is, there your heart is too. You, and, and you wonder why he talks about eyes next. Think about what you look at. Are not your eyes the things that make your heart desire things most? For guys, it's probably a truck or some type of car. We, we see it driving down the road, lifted three inches, 35-inch needos, you know what I'm saying? Guys, you know what I'm talking about. And you start to think, man, I, I want that truck, man. I like, it. I like it lifted like that, LTZ, Chevy. Like You start to think about all kinds of stuff. I mean, I would put, I, I, I like it black, black inside, 
and I want touchscreen, Navi. Like you start, I mean, guys, you know what I'm talking about. I know women, y'all think I'm crazy right now, but we do think about these details. When we start thinking, man, I want that right there. I'll do anything. I'll, I'll get, I got to get this job, and it's only this much a month. Yeah, I can do that. I can absolutely do that. Anyways, so you, it, it starts with your eyes. Or even, even when you see a guy or girl walking down the hallway and you think she's cute or you think he's cute, what do you start to think about? Your eyes just let so much in. And it starts to be the thing you think about most. It starts, your heart starts to desire the things you see. And it says if your eye is unhealthy, the inside of you is dark. If your eye is healthy, then you see light. And what a crazy analogy. When you're blind, all you can see is darkness. All you can see is the back of your eyelids, no light at all. You can't see color. You don't know what color looks like. You don't know what it is. It's just plain darkness. And then when your eye is healthy, if you're not blind, you see light. You see things. You see color. You see beauty. Everything to you is vivid. You can, get, you can get a mental picture of numbers, of words. You get a mental picture of what people look like. And you can memorize it. it thinks it's light. And we think about it in a spiritual sense. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? Ask yourself, are you looking to God? Are you looking at good things or are you looking at bad things? Are your eyes healthy or are they unhealthy? And so there's the next question. And then we move on and it says, right after that, just another insert Jesus likes to put in there. It says, no one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. And so we, kids, when I was your age, my mom gave me money every week to eat, to buy gas, or to buy lunch at, at school, Whatever, I didn't, I didn't really think about it because she provided all that. And so we start to think, it was like, well, th- this passage doesn't really mean much to me because I'm not really concerned about money. Well, I think a lot of times the reason why we say we're not so concerned about money or money's not that important to me is because I don't think we know what it's like to not have it. I don't think, I don't think we exactly know what it's like to be all the way poor And if we start to say, I'm not really concerned about money, that might be the reason why, because we're ignorant. We're ignorant to the fact about what what it takes to have money. Or we're ignorant to the fact that money buys things. And without these things, like food and water and clothing, life is almost impossible. And so we're ignorant to these things. But the thing is, it's, it's, like, it's like food. We don't really, since we get to eat three meals a day, or most of the time, if you know, they say it's healthy to eat five small meals a day, that's a lot. That's a lot of food. 
And, and we take food for granted, and we pray over our food, and we just like, God, thank you for this food, nourish my body. And then we eat, and we're just like, you know, we're not thanking God as we eat it. We're like, man, this food. You think about food? Oh, my goodness. How good is food? You know what I'm saying? Like, you think about it. Piece of cake right here on my plate. I got a plate right here. Just imagine a big, fat piece of vanilla cake with some chocolate frosting on top. I get a fork. I put it in my mouth. Immediately, taste buds are just bursting with flavor. Yes, I'm just like, man, this tastes so good. I love this cake. I want another bite. And then, so you're chewing it. You're chewing it. And you swallow. And your belly's full. Think about how awesome that is. Yeah, you don't think about it, do you? Because it's kind of weird. But... How awesome is eating? Like, God is so good for making taste buds. (laughs) Juicy steak, guys. Barbecue sauce. You feel me? Zaxby's chicken. I eat it every day. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. God made taste buds, and they are awesome. But we don't think about these things. We don't think about, we we take food for granted until we don't have any. All of a sudden, our stomachs start to growl. They start to hurt because we're hungry. We're in the middle of a fast, and we start to think, man, I didn't realize how important food was. You start to feel weak, and all of a sudden, you don't take food for granted anymore. But we do the same for money. And he says that you cannot serve both God and be enslaved to money. And you might think again, well, I'm not enslaved to money because I'm not doing everything I can God. God is above my money, and, and you know, I, I don't really love money that much. I just, I just go to work, and I, and I make it. Well, think about it for a second. Let's, let's think about how deep this enslavement to money goes. Think about where your desires are, your treasure. For example, if your desire and your treasure is a brand new truck, and you will do anything to get that truck, where does it start? Money. You cannot get that truck without money. Another example. If you were enslaved to drugs, if that happens to be one of your struggles, what do you do? Okay, you might say, well, I'm not slave to money, I'm slave to drugs. Where does it start? Because I promise you, you can't get it without paying for it. Our enslavement to money goes so deep. We base our careers off of how much money we make. Sometimes we'll base what kind of job we get just so we can have a certain house, which means that we need to make a certain amount of money. Our enslavement to money can go so deep. I'm not saying we're all enslaved to money because we are the richest country. We're the richest people to ever walk this earth. I'm not saying we're all enslaved to money. And like Kenny said, it's okay. It's okay to have money. But our enslavement to money can go so deep. And then he goes on to say, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Oh yeah, wow Jesus, that makes so much sense. You're talking about, okay, so where my treasure is, there is my heart. And it says that I should watch out what I look at. And then you're telling me 
that I can't serve both God and money, that is why I'm telling you not to worry. Like, man, I don't know about you, but I don't get that. I'm not really sure how that fits in. You're telling me, okay, this is where I treasure, watch my eyes, and then I have an enslavement to money, don't worry. Well, I don't know about you, that's what I worry about most. That's what I worry about most. He tells us all these things and he says, that is why I tell you not to worry. Well, why? So he goes on and he says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? So he names the three most valuable things in our life. Food, water, and clothing. And he says not to worry about those three things. And he gives us an example. He says, is life not more than food and drink? Yes, it is. And if you think about it, what do animals do? They eat. That is it. If you think about like the purpose behind it, if their purpose is not to just feed us, like we eat cows and stuff, you know, that kind of thing. Other than that, their purpose is to just eat. You got deer that graze on grass, and then you got the predators that kill them. That is it. That is their whole life. If you're swimming in a tank with a shark, he's not going to want to be your buddy. I'm just telling you, he's going to eat you. He don't care. That is his whole life goal. He swims around the ocean and never sleeps. Sharks don't sleep. He swims around the ocean and just wants to eat all the time. And he says, is your life not more than food and drink? Absolutely it is. And he says that the birds don't sow their own food. They don't go out there and plant and harvest, and yet our Heavenly Father feeds them. And are we not more valuable than they are? And you might ask yourself, do I matter to God? On this giant ball full of two-thirds water with over seven billion people, do I matter to God? I'm so small. I'm so insignificant. You just heard that you're valuable. That you are valuable. Then it asks a question. It says, can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? Are you worried? Are you worried about anything? How heavy is your heart right now? How stressful is it? What is going through your mind? What races through your mind? I want to ask you, does all that, can that help you at all? Can it help you to worry about your life so much? Because it can't add a single hour to it. It's, it's not going to help you. In fact, it's just going to weigh you down. And then he goes on and says, And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. 
Yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? There's the issue with worrying. It's because our worry shows our lack of faith in God. And our worry shows a lack of trust. He says, why do you have so little faith? I want to read you a passage of Scripture. Because you might be wondering, why should I have faith in God? In Acts chapter 17 it says, He himself gives life and breath to everything. And he satisfies every need. From one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole world. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall. He determined their boundaries. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps for their way toward him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. That is a reason to have faith in God. That is a reason to put your full trust in him because he said from the beginning that he created this whole thing with a purpose he said he's gonna he's gonna put boundaries and he's gonna he's gonna put this place here and shows where it begins and where it ends and he has this purpose for every nation to perhaps find who he is to feel around to seek and find who he is though he is not far from anyone he puts you here in Oxford, Alabama, in the culture you're in, in the circumstance you grew up in, with the people you were around, with the friends you have now, with the person you're sitting right next to now, with the sole purpose of you finding him. So you tell me, does your life have a purpose? You tell me if it's worth trusting God other than things in this world. So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, and what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father knows all of your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. When I was in 11th grade, I had just gotten saved at the beginning of 10th grade, and I was struggling. It started off me playing basketball, and the year before, I played every game. I had just gotten good. I, I sat the bench 7th and 8th and ninth grade, and all of a sudden, we got a new coach in. And so that 10th grade year, I played every single game, before that, the most I'd ever scored in a game was two points, and it blew my mind that I scored a layup. And so in 10th grade, when I played every single game, there was times where I would score 20 and 25 points, and, and I was just leading the team, and it felt so amazing. I was like, oh my gosh, like, I give my life to God, and, and I stopped wearing it. I had this peace in my heart, and it's like when I play basketball, 
I, I'm just resting in that peace, and, and, and I'm not worrying about anything. I'm playing for God now. I'm not playing for myself, and there's no worry. There's no stress here, and it doesn't matter. And so I was on top of the world. I was on a mountain, and I just, I was, somehow I was just thinking to myself, I, I don't deserve to be here, and I, I, just, I just loved it. I wanted to stay. All of a sudden, 11th grade comes around, and I, I had these expectations in my mind. I thought to myself, well, I, I'm going to start this year on varsity, and, and I'm going to be good, and I'm going to play college basketball. I'm going to get a scholarship. I may have college coaches looking at me. And I started at the beginning of the year. And then as time went on, I, I started noticing that I, I wasn't trusting in God so much. And I started worrying about things. I started stressing out, and I was like, man, I'm tired. I started getting weary because I was trusting in myself, and I, but I didn't know it. And then the football players came back after the season ended, and the, the quarterback for the football team comes in, and he's just 10,000 times more competitive than I was. And I'm just, I was a little passive, and I was just like, man, I don't really care. I, I was just throwing myself pity parties, and I don't really care. And he ends up starting over me. And man, it crushed me. I mean, just tore me up. I thought, I'm like, the, the world's ending. I'm like, I, I'm, I never get to play. Last year was awesome. This year is terrible. Every single game I hated, I hated practice. And from there, oh, like on, it was just a downhill. I was depressed. I don't know what happened. I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, God, I don't know what is going on. I don't know why I'm so depressed. I don't know why I can't feel your peace anymore. I believed in you only a year ago. And, and this whole year, I, I was just, I felt you. I felt you every single day. I prayed to you. I trusted in you. And now I can't feel you. This is something I never experienced. And it just sent me in just a, the deepest, darkest time of my life. And I couldn't have told you why. No one knew about it. And if I'm being completely transparent, there was certain times that I didn't want to be here anymore. And I never thought from being a little kid on until I was 16, I, ne I never thought that I would ever have thoughts like that. I never thought that I would, I would be so deep in, in, in just sadness. I didn't know where it was coming from. And one day I was just reading my Bible. I was flipping through because I, I didn't know how to read my Bible at this point. I was just like, I, I, just, I just listened to people like Kenny. And, and that's where I get my milk. That's where I get fed. I didn't know how to read my Bible. I didn't know where to start. So I was just flipping through, and I was looking at the subheadings. And I came across this subheading that says, Do not worry. So I read through it, and at the very end it said, Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be given to you. Meaning that if I seek God, He'll provide everything I need. At that point, I was so worried. I was so depressed. I was so just deep in darkness. I just needed a little bit of light. 
I just need a little bit of hope that my life mattered. And by reading that, I noticed it did. I noticed that I had a purpose. And what it kept me doing is it kept me fighting. It kept me pressing on. I kept leaning into God when I had those moments, when I had those thoughts again. I said, God, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to stop. I don't care how little the circumstance is. It's big in my heart. And God, I'm just going to keep pressing on. I'm going to keep trying. So tonight, if you're, if you're stressed out, if you're worried, you can find hope in the gospel. You can find hope in God. He is light in the midst of your darkness. You may be going through something no one else knows about. You may not even know how to explain it to anybody. God's there. He understands. And He's there with you. He'll be there with you. He'll walk you through it. And you'll come out better. And you'll come out realizing that you have a purpose. And what is your purpose? What is your purpose? Your purpose is to glorify God. And in those moments of darkness, in those those hard times, you begin to realize that these hard times are the things that glorify God the most. You don't learn the same things on the mountain as you do in the valleys. But all times, when you seek God, He'll give you everything you need. He'll give you the things you need most. And He knows what you need before you even ask Him. And your life will glorify Him. You wanna, do you want to get to the end of your life and say, I made a lot of money? Do you want to get to the end of your life and say, I, I worked hard for what I did. I helped a lot of people. Or do you want to get to the end of your life and say something so much greater? And carry something that can be carried with you? And that is that your life glorified God. You get to the end of your life and say, I have no regrets because I gave everything to God. You seek Him first, and I promise you, He'll give you everything you need. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I just pray for the person in here, God, struggling with something. God, they may just be worried about something they can't even explain. They don't even know why they're worried. They're worrying because they don't have something to worry about. God, worry takes over. Worry controls us, God, and and we begin to worry about things like, what can we get while we're here? We store up treasures here, Lord. And then we begin to just look at things that we're not supposed to, God, filling our life full of darkness, and we become enslaved to things like money. Father, I pray that we would just seek you with everything that we have, Lord, that our treasure would be you, and that we would seek you with everything that we have, God, and that, and that our eyes would just look to you at all times. They would be locked on you, focused on you. Father, I pray that our God would not be money. We would serve you only. We wouldn't serve money, God. It's something that you can use for your glory, but God, it's not something we love. We love you. Lord, I pray that 
hearts that understand that, Lord, and that you'd just be with all of us, God, as a family. Help us to bear one another's burdens because that's what we're here for. Lord, it's in your name we pray all these things.